All right, I got to work. Let's go. So today's daf is daf samaches, and we're going to pick up from mamish the very top word on daf samaches. This new parak that we began yesterday, Baruch Hashem, that we were zochet to start, uh, is really going to take us towards the end of the masechta, and it's focusing on the removal of vows. We learned about hataras nedarim and hafaras nedarim, right? Hataras nedarim and hafaras nedarim. Specific- Specifically, we're learning that if you have a young woman who, as was common in those days, the fathers had the uh, ability and the right, and it wasn't a rare thing that a father would marry off his young daughter to make sure that she was supported in life and taken care of properly. It's a type of society that maybe we're not so you know, familiar with or comfortable in. P- people look at us in the United States and look at the Torah community like, oh, you already look at to get married when you're 20, when you're 25, that's really, right? That's young. They used to be uh, used to be even much younger. So, the the Torah states that a narahamu rasa. If you have a young girl, the age of twelve, who's in stage one of marriage, so she hasn't yet moved in with her husband, but he put a ring on her finger, so to speak, and he said, and she's an Asia sis. She's fully married, except she hasn't moved in. The Torah tells us that the. Um, the, the psukim let us know both the father and the husband have rights to nullify the vow. Now, Rabbah taught us on Samach Zayin Amralev, Rabbah said that in order for a Nara Hamurasa, and as we learned yesterday, it applies to a Katana Hamurasa as well. Okay, There's no, really no difference in Allah when it comes to being made for the Dharam of a Katana Hamurasa or a Nara Hamurasa. She's in the first stage of marriage. Both the father and husband both need to do it. That's how Rabbah understood the mission of beginning of our parak. For a vow to be removed, it's not the father or the husband. They both, mamish, need to do this and remove the vow within the allotted amount of time, which is 24 hours from hearing it. Rabbah brought a source yesterday how he knows that both the father and husband need to do it, need to remove the vow, otherwise the vow is not removed. And now, the Bey Rabbi Shmuel, the Bismedrish of Rabbi Shmuel, is going to come up with a new mahalach, a new approach, a new source teaching us that if you have a young lady who's in the first stage of marriage, she's a katana amorosa or a nara amorosa, in order for the vow to be removed, it must be done by both the father and the husband. Let's get going. Debay Reb Yishmol Tana. They learned in the yeshiva of Reb Yishmol. The Pasuk says, When it comes to removing vows... Any vow that's between man and his wife, between father and her daughter, when she's in her father's house. So you see a mention of both the husband and the father when it comes to removing the vows. Mikan, from here we have a source. The Nara Hamurasa. Yeva Nara. She did not yet reach full maturity, uh, physical maturity, and she is in Mu'urasa. She's in Arusa. Both her husband and her father must do it together. Otherwise, it's not considered done. Frek the Gemara, the Gemara asks, Ulatana de Rabbi According to this source that Rabbi Shmuel's Yeshiva just taught us, what about Vimhayu Siyah my Avadeh? What do you know with the Pasuk of Vimhayu Siyah Now, this question is going back to our Gemara from yesterday. Yesterday, the Gemara had asked on Samach Zayin Amud Beis, on 67b, the Gemara had asked that the Pasuk of, of, um, was extra in Rabbah's approach. And ultimately, we said, no, there's a reason for it. In Beis Ish, we had a whole approach over there that 
it has to, it, that it has to, the husband only has a right to remove a vow when she was already acquired. But once there's nisuin and she actually moves in, the husband does not have a right to remove a vow that happened prior to the marriage. Okay, but so Rabbah's approach was able to learn out that halacha from the extra pasuk of Amalia Siyalish. According to Rabbi Shmuel, who has a different approach, what's he using this pasuk for? We have a classic Gemara question. To which the Gemara answers, Mukim He's actually going to use that pasuk of to teach us a limud from Rabbah, which we're going to learn later on in the Perak. And let's explain here, so we have a head start on, uh, on later on in the Perak, what his halacha is. So halacha is as follows. Listen closely, this is incredible, this beauty. A father has a rights to his daughter's vows. He marries her off. With Arison. If the husband takes her in for Nisuin, the father completely removes, loses any rights to nullify her vow. Okay? Again, if she completes, they consummate the marriage, they move in together, the father's rights of removals of vows is gone. Prior to Nisuin, which means during Arison, he retains that right. What happens if you have a father who marries off his daughter for Arison? And the husband dies before he took her in. Okay? Then, what's happening is really, she's no longer married. She's a widow. And she's going to move back into her father's house. And then she gets married again. Rabbah teaches us later on, the father can still remove her vows. Now, why would I have thought otherwise? She never had Nesuans. He never completely lost his right to vows. So what's the Chiddush here? See, here's what Rabbah tells us. Rabbah tells us, is teaching me that even though by her first marriage, the father could only remove the vow if the husband helped him. Because again, what are we learning from this? If she's in Ara Amurasa, both of them need to do it. What happens once the husband dies? The father gains complete rights again. Now he marries her, you know, now he's giving her over in marriage a second time. Who says that he can still retain his rights? Maybe once he lost complete rights to uh, vow nullification, who says he could ever get that back again where he has it completely? Maybe he's just dependent on a husband. So the Chiddush over here is, in Mayasiyah says the Bey Rabbi Shmuel, that uh, we're going to use in my list, teach me the limud of Rabbah that's coming up in Tudaf. Okay? Fine. Ask the Gemara of Rabbah, and according to Rabbah, how is Taka, how's he going to learn this halacha of, he disagreed, he had a whole different source. As we learned yesterday, teaching me that the, both the husband and, and father do it together. So if he has a whole different source, we're now asking a classic Gemara question, what is each one going to do with the other one's source? So Rabbah, what does he do with the Pasuk of Ben Ish Leishtai Ben Av Lepitai? The Chiddush over here is that a husband can remove the vows that are that are Benoi Levena, that are between him and her. Meaning, <clears throat> it's not going to apply to any other type of vow. Okay. I would have known, see the Pasuk says that the right of the husband to nullify the vow is when there's is when there's a inui, when there's affliction. How do I know that he can even remove a vow that's going to get in the way of their relationship? 
which again is a davar something that could get in the way of their relationship. Okay, let's say she says uh, it could be anything. It could be it could have to do with uh, intimate details. It could have to do with having specific foods that she's forbidding in her house, and now it's going to affect him too. So it's going to get in the way. <coughs> excuse me, of their relationship. So how do I know that he has a right to nullify these additional vows? That's learned out from Fine. Bottom line is, we're done with this Gemara. Bottom line is, we have Rabbah's source te- teaching me that father and husband both need to remove the vow. We have Debe Rabbi Shmuel's source telling me that the father and husband both have to remove the vow. Everybody's agreeing in the Halacha. They're arguing on the source. Now, why is this important? Because again, our question starting out the Perek on the bottom of Samach Vav Amadbeiz, when we read, when we learned the Mishnah, the Mishnah said, Nara Murasa Avia Ubala Mefira Nidarel, and we started out the Perek asking, does it mean literally both, or maybe Avia Ubala means O, it means or, that either one could do it, everybody's in agreement, and we're walking away from this, it's both. When it says Avia Ubala, both. No Shaila about it, alright. Here we go. Sfrek the Gemara, the Gemara asks a Shaila. A question, searching for information. We're not challenging anything. We're asking a question now. We're searching for information. Ibailu, they ask the question. Bal Megiz Goyiz, Oimiklash Kalish. Beautiful. Let's say the husband, that's the example, but the Chayro should apply to anybody. Let's say the husband did remove the vow. Okay? Does it do anything? That's our shadow. We know clearly to remove the vow, you need both. Gemara is asking a very basic shayla. What if one removes the vow? Does nothing happen? Does it become like a half a transgression? Does it weaken the vow? What's happening here? What's happening here? Interesting shayla. Does and when we say you need both, does that mean to completely remove it? Or does it say, eh, if you have one, something up has happened. Something has still happened here. Interesting Shiloh. Now, let's get into this. Heicha kami boilon, says the Gemara, where's the Shiloh that I'm asking? What's the whole Shiloh here? Kigayin de Nadra, for example, there was a nether. Mitrain Zaysen, she says, I'm not going to eat two cupfuls of olives, we'll call it. I'm sorry, two Zaysim of any food. Zaysim is a measurement. The, fa- the husband heard about this and he's like, girl, not happy. He's made for that nether. Okay, now why is he allowed to be made for it? Because apparently whatever food is going to be there is getting in the way of her personal enjoyment, could make her grouchy, could impact their relationship, whatever. The husband hears about it and it's a type of vow that he has a right to remove. Again, as long as she's a nara. If she's an adult, you don't. she's a nara. So, um, he, he, he's made for it. And now she eats that anyway. She eats it anyway. What do you mean anyway? The father didn't remove it. So, if we're going to say that the husband gets rid of half of the vow. So now let me ask you a question. How much olives... Is she, how much amount in volume of olives has she eaten in a forbidden way? One sheer kezayis. Let me back up. Let me back up. 
Make sure we got this clear. In order for something to be considered an achila, you need a shir kezayis. Right? If you eat less than that, it's not called eating. This woman said, I'm not eating a kez- two kezayisfuls of pomegranate. Double kezayis. If by the husband removing part of the vow, it actually cuts the vow in half. So now, she's only forbidden to eat one sheer kezayis because the father never removed the vow. That's still considered an achila that if she eats, there's a chi of malkasom. See, I mean, make guy is lakia. There's still going to be a chi of malkas if it cuts away half the chi of. I mean, a miklash kolish. But if you're going to say, no, no, no. It's not like Yesh yeah, that you cut it in half. Rather, what happens is the, the husband weakens the whole transgression as a whole, not as a measurement, but as a whole. Isura Baumahi. So now what'd she do? She transgressed because really she shouldn't eat without both of them removing the vow. Over the Maisa, there's not going to be a Chi of Malkus. So my, what is the halacha? What happens over here? The Gemara is asking again. When we say the father and husband need to remove the vow together, does it mean that if one does it without the other, it's the same vow? Does it mean that you just haven't removed it completely, but it has been weakened? Or do we say, taka, half of it's gone, but half of it's in place? So my, what, what's the halacha? That's the shayla. And for the Gemara Toshma. Come on, listen, let's try to prove what's happening here. Whether half of it's off, or whether the entire thing becomes weakened, and she's not mechuyiv in Malkus. When did they say the following halacha? If let's say her husband dies. Again, we're dealing with an Ara Murasa. Her husband dies. Nisraikna rishus ha'av. What happens is the rights of the father to remove the vow are now being given completely back. Because now there's no husband. Until now you need both the husband and the father. Now the husband kicked the bucket. He's six feet under. So now the father seems to have sole rights again on her. As opposed to just retaining half his rights. This is when the husband, before dying, did not even know about the vow. So now the father's the only one who ever had rights and never even knew about the vow. Then we're going to say, if he nullifies it, the whole thing falls off. Or, maybe the husband, who's now six feet under, did hear about it. Or we'll say, maybe you heard about it, but he died within the 24-hour period that he really had to revoke the vow. Okay. This is going to be the case where we say that if the husband of Anarahamu Rasa passes away, the father, who again, until the Arisen had total rights, now she gets married, his rights get cut in half. But then the husband dies, the father retains all his rights. That is when the husband died without knowing or he died before his 24-hour period is up. Top of Ahmed Bey's, Avol but. Listen to the following scenario. Im Shama, 
Let's say the husband heard her vow and he says, oh, that's great. Beauty. I, I love it. Great vow. And then he dies. Aisha Shama, or he heard about it. Vishosak, and he was quiet. And then 24 hours after being quiet, he died. So the husband had the chance to be made for He didn't, which is another way to keep it going. And now it's after the proper time. If the husband now dies, the father cannot go and be made for the nether because the husband already died after establishing the nether as Mekuyim. Okay. So far, so good, Chavra. You got the halacha? The father only retains or regains his total rights on a vow that was previously made if the husband never completed his process needed to nullify it. Whether he didn't confirm it, he didn't, he didn't not say anything for 24 hours. Okay. Shama avia beheferla. Let's say the father heard about a vow. Beheferla. And he, re- he was made for, he removed the vow. What if instead of the husband dying, the father dies? So the father hears about it, removes it, and now the, the father dies, and now the husband hears about the vow. This is going to be a case that we learned. When the father dies, the husband does not get his rights back. Okay. Now, to, uh, the reason for this is, the father already removed the vow. This is different, by the way. Notice the difference. In the previous case, when the husband died, the husband did not remove the vow. And we want to know what the father's status is. Over here, the father heard about it and removed it. And then, he dies. Now the husband hears about it. So we said, um, in, in such a case, the husband cannot remove the vow because the father already uh, played his role. He did what he could. All right. Shama bala beheferla. Let's say her husband heard about the nether and removed it. And the father had knew nothing about it. The, the husband did his job of removing it. Father didn't know. And then when he finds out, the husband was already dead. In this case, if the husband dies, it does go back to the father. So here's the chap. Ready? When it's the other way, the husband is it doesn't go back to the place of the husband. By the father, even though it seems to be the same case, it does go back to the rishos of the father. Let's keep going. Listen to the next case. Now, what we need to, let's just present a question that we should be concerned about and needs clarification, the difference. Notice the difference between that the father has an easier time regaining his rights to being the sole proprietor over vows than the husband does of gaining, not regaining, but gaining the rights to his wife. And I want to clarify why I'm using these words. 
if you have a young girl, young lady, who has the rights to her vows? The father. The father's the only one who has a right to remove a vow that he feels is going to hurt her. There's no husband in the picture. What gives the husband the rights to ever remove the vow of a young lady? If he marries her, the Torah gives him the rights. It's not a right that he ever had all along. See, what's happening is like this. When you have a katana or a nara, the father always had the rights. Now she's a me'urasa. You know, we say, oh, now there's Arison, there's kind of like a husband quasi in the picture halfway, you know, she didn't really move in. So that you're losing half, you're going to give that over to the husband. If the husband dies, what's happening is the father's just taking back what he had before. But if the father dies... You know what we'll say to the husband? You never had original full rights to her anyway. To re- when, a fa- when the husband dies, the father's regaining his original status. It's easier to regain your original status than it is for somebody to go take it. So therefore, if the father dies, we're not necessarily going to say to the husband, if the father died and removed it, we're not going to say to the husband, oh, now you, there's no father, now it's all you. Who made it all? You never had the total rights in the first place, Mr. Husband. You First of all, you had nothing, and now you're lucky that you have half, because there's Arison. But to give you whole? No, if there was ever a father here in the picture, we're not giving to you. So notice, just to explain, the difference between a person like the father who's regaining his rights, or like the husband who's trying to gain his rights. Next case. Here we go. Shama Baila Veheferla. If the husband hears about the vow, again, she's a me'urasa, and he removes the vow. And then the husband dies. And now the father hears. What's the problem? Like we learned the beginning of today's daf, you need both the father and husband to remove a vow. So the husband heard about it and removed it. Now he dies. The father now hears about it. Ein habal yachol lehefer the removal of the vow is not a, of the husband who's now dead ain't going to work. Because at the time that the husband died, he never had gained full, ever, he never had fully gained rights to remove a vow by himself. The only time he ever had a right, both according to Rabbah and the Bey Rabbi Shmuel, is together with the father. So if a husband does this, if a husband removes the vow and then dies, that's it. Does it it's, nothing's going to happen because the, the, the husband completely lost his rights as long as the father did not remove the vow at the same time. Okay. You have a question? No, it's just stuck on, is it, it, but you're explaining it has to be mamish at the exact same time. Or, or do it this morning, and then the father finds out about it this afternoon. So then he's made fair. The it's still chal because they didn't do it at the same time. Is what you're saying? What we're saying is what the, the lumdus over here is actually saying that as if a husband dies prior to the father ever having the ability to nullify it, the whatever he accomplished with his original nullification, 
is removed. All his accomplishment is removed and it bounces back to its original strength. Right, but there's no husband anymore. So if that whole thing is Ki'ilu, it doesn't exist, then shouldn't it go back to the father to have the Kayaf to be made for himself? I mean, Manavshah. Yeah, say it again. If, was, if the, 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 I'm sorry if I'm... If it's no, go, go, go. It's good, yeah. If, if, the, if the husband was made for, drops dead, okay? So what he, what he did is Ki'ilu, it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So now, later that day, the husband finds out about the nether. Why doesn't the koach go all the way back to the father, as we saw earlier, that he now has the ability to be made for because the husband's no longer in the picture? If you say that... What yeah, maybe it does. Maybe it does. But we just... I thought you... This last case is, if Shama Baila Veheferla, for Hispik Avish Mayachemes, Eina Bal Yachola Hefer. We're not taking away the father's rights. The Baal. Right? We're not saying anything about the father. We're just saying whatever the Baal tried to do is a getting tug. That, that goes away. Yeah, it is. It's a strange expression here. But it says, it's, you, you think it's going to say, because the, the Baal's dead. Why are you saying, he can't do anything because he's six feet under. But we're saying is what he's done, what he's done previously is not going to be, is not going to be uh, effective. Okay, top of Samach Tes, and let's get into this because this is going to give us the final answer. Shoma let's say the, a new case, the father heard about the neder and was made for it. So the father hears about it, removes it, and now the, um, the husband only hears about it after the father dies. The, the father could go back and, and uh, remove the rights of the husband. All right? So basically what we're saying is, after the husband dies, all the father needs to do is like nullify the other part of the vow. As if this is a chetzi chetzi deal. Half schnitzel, half shwarma. I already removed the shwarma, now I'm moving the schnitzel from whatever the father did. Omar of Nosin, Hain Hain Divrei Bishamai, all these, the, the, uh, um, this, uh, this halacha is the psak of Bishamai, but Bishamai ain't Yocholahifer. That absolutely not. The father, if the husband dies in such, a, in such a case, the father does not have rights to remove the vow. Now, why are we quoting all, this whole thing? What's this whole brisa and all these, um, all these different cases? Says the Gemara, Shmami because you see, from here, Lebeishamai, according to Beishamai, Megaz Goyiz, if you're going to tell me in this last case that the father goes back and not only, he originally removed his half, and now he's going to go back and remove the husband's half, it seems to imply that each one is taking 50% of a vow. Because that's what Beishamai is saying. Each one's taking 50% of the vow. The father revoked his 50%. And now the husband's dead, so the father's going to go back and take care of the husband's side of things. But Lebeisilal, who says any achulahefer, Lebeisil Miklash Kolish, according to Lebeisil, he says all that's happening is there is a weakening. Shmamina, you see from here. Bottom line, as we finish up, wrap up today's daf is we started out with Ibailu, we started out with a shaila, 
And that is when you have the father and husband and they both need to remove the vow. What's happening? But is each one weakening it to a point that the other one can go ahead and completely remove it? Or is each one mamish doing chatsi chatsi? Doing half and half. Lamay nafkamina, if she says two zaysim and she eats one and one of them revokes and not the other. What's the halacha? Answers the Gemara, Machlaikas, Bishamay and Bishil. Bishamay says that the, the joint rights are actually 50 50, cut in half, and Mamela, Lafi Bishamay, if the woman who made a nether on two kizaysim and eats one, and one removes the vow, we'll still get Malkus, Lafi Bishamay. Because all we did is cut in half, the other 50 remains there. But according to Bishil, she's not going to get Malkus because as soon as one removes the vow, the entire thing is weakened. It's got to be usher. But there's not going to be a chi of malchus. A chlaikus. Okay. Bezem, tomorrow we will pick up with Boy Rav. We'll pick up with a new Shaila. Agutavach. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.